listening to the Arsenal Rumble. Hello, everybody. You are joining us on the Arsenal Ramble after what was quite an underwhelming evening away in uh, in the Champions League against Lens. Um, not the most exciting game, but we've got to get through this one. And if it's any sort of therapy, then me and Dave will help you through it as well. So, as ever, my uh, Karamla Dave is here. How are you doing, Dave? Did you have as much despair as I did in that game? Yeah, that that is a... It's a tough one to, to take, uh, you know, compared to the, the previous fixture against PSV, it was just real dominance, upbeat, fast flowing football. And yeah, I know we're away from home, but we just got the exact opposite today. Um, so I think that alone is disappointing. Never mind the stuff we're going to come on to. Um, so yeah, a frustrating one, a disappointing one, and uh, one I'm not really particularly looking forward to talking about. But um, <laughs> there's always silver linings to everything, and I'm sure we can find one or two somewhere. But um, yeah, let, let's get into it and pick um, the bones out of this one. Yeah, uh, you, you hit the nail on the head there as well when you say about the previous fixture when we played against PSV, and it, it was a real party atmosphere, wasn't it? It was our first game back in the Champions League. Everybody seemed up for it. It was at home at the Emirates, and we, of course, we battered them, didn't we? And it was it was so exciting to watch. And I feel like we just sort of fell flat a little bit in this game. I, I don't know if it's because Lens came out the blocks and they, they really set the precedent in the game, didn't they? And put us under pressure, but we never really seemed to quite have a, a firm grip on this game. Um, yes, we had exciting, great moments in the game, but unfortunately we, we just couldn't quite have full dominance and full control, but we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get into to the nuts and bolts of it. Like, like we said, um, most interestingly, at the start of the game, is the the team sheets. Now, a lot of Arsenal fans, especially on Twitter, uh, and me and you speaking each, to each other during the week, of we wanted to rotate in this game, didn't we? Let's be honest. We wanted to see rotation uh, and rest as many players and as many legs as we could going into the uh, massive game at the weekend against Manchester City. Now, we started this game pretty strong, didn't we? Yeah, we did. Yeah, the, the opening sort of thirty minutes or so, we were we were dominant. Um, we weren't really carving massive clear cut chances, but um, certainly the the dominant team. I think, like you said, it was just we didn't take a grip of the game, and time after time we were giving away sloppy errors and little stupid passes here and there, not weighted properly, and and ill-timed passes and you can get away with that to a degree against some teams but not really in the Champions League away from home you, you, eventually it's gonna it's gonna bite you in the ass and um you know that's that's kind of eventually what happened today but um it was a frustrating one and I'm not quite sure why that's crept into our game uh, because for, for the last three or four games um mistakes have sort of not really been a huge part of our game. We've seemed to have minimised that a lot, especially at the back. The back four seemed to be really, really solid over the last month or so. Um, so to see so many sloppy errors creeping into this game was was a disappointing aspect for me. Mm. So, so what did you think about um, our first starting eleven in this game? Were you happy to see us go out as, as such a strong outfit in the first half? 
um, or were you m- more more on the fence of wanting to see us have rotate more in this game? I think you can never afford to just treat it like the Carabao Cup and just fully rotate. You know, you, you can't do that in the Champions League. So an element and a little bit of rotation, I think, yes. And we did do that a little bit. We brought, brought in Trossard, who didn't play at all against Bournemouth. He was on the bench. Um, recently come back from an injury as well. And we've brought in Tommy Asu as well for, for Ben White uh, as our two main rotation options. And the Trossard one, I, I get. That makes sense for me. Bring bring Trossard in. But the uh, the Ben White one, uh, I'm not sure. Of all the players that I'd be rotating, it probably wouldn't be the, the main one for me. I, you know, it, it's, it's quite an obvious one on paper, but Saka has played... Minute, he's played so many minutes for Arsenal and he really does need a bit of a break. He's nursing a bit of an injury as well by the looks of it. And if there was anyone that needed resting, it was, was Saka. Um, mm. And, you know, 14 minutes in, he was clutching at his hamstring or his thigh. It was hard to really tell. And, um, yeah, he goes off. Um through an injury and it just seems so avoidable and it was it was it's obvious for everyone to see but Arteta uh, it seems yeah well that's it as well Saka he limped off the pitch at the weekend didn't he against Bournemouth and he'd looked absolutely goose and he was probably carrying an injury like you said and for him to be starting this game when we we've got that huge clash at the weekend against Manchester City it does seem ludicrous to me it seems so, such a strange decision to be starting, um, starting Bukayo Saka. I know it is the Champions League and yes, you you can't take any of these games for granted, but ultimately you've got five games to try and qualify through uh, through this league, uh, through this group, sorry. Um, and we've already won one of them. And yes, I know ultimately we did end up losing the game today, but with us still putting out a strong team, it probably... You know whether Bukayo Saka played the full night or not, we probably might have been the same result. You know, so mm. it is unfortunate. And just backtracking a little bit to what you were saying about Ben White, he he is a player who's been super consistent, hasn't he? Right back, um, that consistency might have been something that we could have afforded today, um, just because there was a, a little bit of. Um, you know, a, a few mistakes, a few sloppy errors at the back, and he might have been been the sort of key to that. But it's it's all if ifs, buts, and maybes, isn't it? Um, but um, yeah, so we'll move we'll move into the game then. As you say, Saka went off in fourteen minutes, and not too long after that, we actually ended up having our first opportunity, which was our goal, and that um, came from a break down the right hand side after they the ball was intercepted, sorry, by Bakayo Saka, who then played Gabriel Jesus in, who shimmies the ball onto his right foot and only makes half a yard of space on the edge of the box. But this finish is unbelievable. Absolutely pinpoint accuracy to the bottom left-hand corner. And you see him wheeling away. and It's just a gorgeous finish, isn't it? Yeah, it was a good bit of play because throughout all of our dominance, we weren't creating a whole heap of chances and then this mistake by Lenz um, sort of falls to our feet Saka dishes it to Jesus um, really quite well um, just quick fast flowing just to, to keep the ball going and try and capitalise where we can 
and um, yeah, just an absolutely brilliant finish and and something you wouldn't really associate with with Jesus uh, being clinical. You know, he's he's sort of known for the opposite, um, but uh, a very well taken goal, and um, yeah, it felt it felt deserved. It felt like we can build on this now. We, we've you know we've not carved out many chances. We've got the goal. Let's build on it and um, maybe you know get another one before the second half. But it's just. It, for whatever reason, the cogs just didn't quite seem to to roll. I don't know if it was the away crowd because they were incredibly hostile, um, but it seemed to get in the players' heads. I don't know if, if you thought that as well. Mm. Yeah, it seems to get in the players' heads. And, and also, before we move on to the next point, I just want to say that this this perfectly describes how deflating this game was and how it's got into our heads because uh, in the previous uh, statement I said that Mikhail Saka got so, came off the pitch with an injury and then he assisted Gabriel Jesus with the first goal so that just shows you how it's affected the Arsenal fans minds because obviously that can't happen you can't assist a goal after you've been subbed off the pitch but yeah I feel like we just were not great. We weren't great leading up to the first goal, were we? We we really were on the back foot, and it was kind of a run, run against play that we scored that. And um, we we had a lot of plaudits after we scored that from the from the um, commentary team, basically saying that you know even though Arsenal haven't been playing that great in the first half, they could absorb the pressure, and then they've got the clinical ability to to punish teams, and uh, that's something that we we've been missing in uh, recent seasons. So it's, it's great that we have got that, but then to to accompany that with having these silly errors, it's just, it's um, quite unfortunate, isn't it? And um, mm. if we're going into the equaliser then from, from Lens, it all stemmed from a distribution mistake from David Raya, which mm. is also quite controversial in itself, isn't it? Because he's been brought into the team as someone who's potentially superior in terms of distribution to Aaron Ramsdale. And the goal is all come from a mistake from David Rye. He's, he's booted the ball out and it's got intercepted because it was a, it was a poor clearance, to be honest. Uh, it's got intercepted and then it's been played through to the lens striker. I'm not quite sure what his name was, but to be fair to him, he, he chests it up and then he does an unbelievable, spectacular, acrobatic through pass, through ball um, to their left winger, who then, well, Declan Rice might have been able to be a little bit more alert in this situation to try and get close. But to be fair, when it falls to him, the finish is sublime. I think... Even even as an Arsenal fan, you've just got to accept it and say that was an unreal goal and, and fair play. Mm. Oh, there's a lot to unpick with this one, um, but yeah, like like you like you said, let's let's start with the keeper. Um, so for me, I, I feel really guilty in saying this, but for me, David Raya has gone from his first game. Wow, look at that distribution, and it's just steadily declined um, throughout his. his um, his appearances in an Arsenal shirt. Um, they've got a little bit worse every game to the point where now it's cost us a goal. Um, I, I, I do feel harsh in saying that because his distribution is good and, and he does make uh, a hell of a lot more passes than Ramsdale. So, of course, there's more likelihood for things to go wrong um, and there's more likelihood for things to go right at the same time. So it's a, it's a risk for reward situation here. 
Um, but in this particular situation, it was the wrong pass to play. Uh, it opened up um, our defence to the point where they they counterattacked, and and he was still out of position by the time that the shot was taken. To be honest, he he needed to be a few steps back to even contemplate being able to save that 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 shot. Uh, yeah, it was a great shot. Uh, not a lot we could um, he could do about it in that situation that he, he found himself in. Um, but I guess the the other slight little uh, talking point around this is is was there a handball? Um, the the replays showed that it sort of struck him sort of on the bicep area, um, which I, I know in under Premier League rules that's technically not a handball. I think it's below the shirt line. They they say. Um, but it's very, very close, and uh, mm. uh, I don't think VAR even looked at it. I don't. I didn't. I didn't see a check. Uh, what What were your thoughts on that one? Do you think it, it's it's fine, or, or would you say it's a bit more controversial than that? Well, I think ultimately we probably would have been clutching at straws for it to be brought back to that. I think you know there was a comedy of errors by us, and ultimately we shouldn't have been conceding that chance in the first place. Um, but if you're going to, if we're going to analyze it, I do think, was it Martin Keown who is in the commentary who said that anything that's past the armpit should be classed as a, as a, as a um, handball these days. I, I'm not sure if that, well, they measure off sides from the armpit. So I think that's maybe what he was getting confused by, because if like you say, the premier league rules are below the shirt line, then that's obviously not the armpit, is it? So, yeah, I've I've seen those given and I've seen those be ruled out. I think if that was committed a little bit later in the phase of play, so maybe the 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 assister or the the guy that actually scored the goal, um, if if they were the person that used that part of the arm to control, I think it might have been analysed a little bit more. But because it was so early in the whole chance creation process. I think that's probably the reason why they've not gone too far into it. And like you say, I think if the roles were reversed and say, for example, Kai Havertz or Martin Odegaard in that position, two or three passes before we score was rolled all the way back for that, then I think we would have been a bit hard done by. Yeah, I, I probably do agree. Um, it's just, it's it's worth talking about. Um, it was noted, like you say, by, by the pundits at halftime and... Um, Certainly one that I think could have gone our way in another game, but I think if you put the yeah us in in that situation and we had scored a goal and he'd controlled it at, with that part of his arm, I don't think we'd be we too happy if it got chalked off. So you know, um, I think it, it's it boils down to to that, um, and that that sort of summed up our first half really, didn't it? Just um, sloppiness and. Uh, ultimately resulted us going into the, the half-time at 1-1. Yeah, and I don't really know who would have been the happy of the two camps, really, because Lens, they had so much uh, so much possession, so much dominance early in the first half, and then they kind of fell flat. And then Arsenal, you know, we took our one opportunity, but then we crumbled towards the end of the second half. So I think neither team really would have been too impressed with their first-half performance. Um, but... Yeah, we definitely felt like we needed to to be doing something different, and we I don't think we made any changes, did we? At halftime, at halftime, no, no, no. So I, I can't think of um, 
So Arteta didn't have any kind of early impetus to try and make a change like we all wish that he, he might do. But no, unfortunately, he didn't make any changes at halftime. And um, came not it was kind of pretty much the same sort of thing, wasn't it, after halftime? Yeah, the same sort of sloppiness to a degree. Um, didn't really create many chances. Um, and this is sort of why feel a little bit disappointed and deflated after after the day after the, this game um, because ultimately we've got a pretty strong team out there a team capable of beating this this lens team and um, you know we, we just didn't turn up I can't think of many players in that 11 that will come away from this game thinking you know I, I did everything we could we were stationary rigid I mean, I, the amount of times I saw Declan Rice with his arms in the air being like, move, move around and, and open yourself up for a pass. So he was the one prodding and probing in that second half to try and create something. And he's our number six. Um, we we just we just lacked any fluidity. Smith Rowe came on uh, a little bit later in the half. I, he, he did absolutely nothing. Uh, Reese Nelson, absolutely nothing. Um had no impact from the bench. The the replacement of Vieira for Saka was was uh, it it didn't work. Trossard and Vieira as our wingers is not not good. It's not a good combination. It's not probing enough. The the, the drop off between Saka and Martinelli, Martinelli for Trossard and Vieira is is, is quite significant. Um, so yeah, ultimately yeah, it's, it's a frustrating one and. Um, yeah, I, I I don't see much to to jump up about in that in that second half. So, is there a, any any sort of reason that you'd put down for us being so rigid and being so uh, well lo- losing all of our emphasis and impetus be, to be able to try and create chances? And from what we saw at the weekend against Bournemouth, we saw a team that was full of attacking threat and it's a lot of the same players that played that game. So do you think maybe it's it's a fact of fatigue, maybe? Have they been playing too many, too many minutes? Or maybe they've just took the right off the ball and underestimated the opponent? Uh, like, what would you even put that and put it down to? It, it can't be fatigue. I mean, they're professional footballers at the end of the day. They can play two games a week. I, I don't see too much of an issue with, with that. Um, for me, it's naivety in in taking Len Lons as a um, as a true opponent uh, potentially. Um, the away crowd maybe got into the the heads of the the, the players a little bit. Um, yeah, it's it's really hard to to put your finger on, isn't it? But um, mm. hopefully, it's not going to affect us too much in the group. Um, Fortuitously, PSV and Sevilla ended up drawing. So that means that we're still second in the group, only one point behind um, Lons. So, you know, it, it, it's not as if it's 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 damaged our chances of, of becoming top in this group. A top has to be the aim. We, we can't afford to become second in this group um, because it's going to make our Champions League... Um, Last 16, very, very hard. It's likely to be a, a top, top team. Um, so 
yeah, it, it's it's not all doom and gloom. Like I said, there's, there's a silver lining here. Um, but um, I think my hot take for today is that we we cannot underestimate teams in the in the Champions League, especially away from home, because that is just a whole different kettle of fish from away from home in the Premier League. Away from home in the Champions League is is a big deal. Um, and um, yeah, we 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 can't afford to to not take these teams seriously. Yeah, that, well, that's the thing though, because from the team selection though, for the t- players that we actually end up playing, it seems like Arteta hasn't underestimated this team. He's he's pretty much played ten out of his usual first eleven, um, barring maybe um, uh, I can't remember his name now. My mind has gone absolutely blank. Who played left wing for us? Trossard. Trossard. Oh, okay. I don't know what I'm on about then. Um, <laughs> Tommy Asu, that's what I was on about. He's not even a left wing. He's, he's right back. I've, I've lost the plot. But basically what I was trying to say is it does seem like we've gone out there with a strong starting eleven, and we've, we have taken this team seriously. But it's almost like the players on the pitch themselves have just not really put in the effort to be able to to win this match and um you can't really fault the manager for that in my opinion he's he's done what he can he's given the players their opportunity to play um but they've just not done that they just haven't performed to to an acceptable standard today um like you say silver linings we we should have plenty of opportunities to be able to right this wrong and to to be able to win our home games in this in this um in this qualifying for the uh, top of the group and hopefully beat the likes of PSV away um, because they were poor when we played them before. Um, Mm. But so should we just briefly touch it on when you said about Smith Rowe and Reese Nelson coming on, et cetera. Now these are players that we've both been calling for to have more minutes. And I think we both wanted them to start this game um, as they, they played really well in the Brentford game. And I think Reese Nelson had a pretty good chance, didn't he, in this game? And he, he just didn't really get a hold of it. It was kind of a, a tame effort in the end. Is that the sort of opportunity that he needs to be absolutely burying if he wants to be able to stake a claim in this first team? Well, the thing I like about Reese personally is just that he's very direct and he causes problems, whether that be in the form of, of you know uh, creating a goal opportunity for himself or creating chaos and maybe um, an opportunity for somebody else. And we didn't really see that in this game. Yeah, I know he had that that's, that's opportunity, but I wouldn't say it's one that he had to bury. Um, I think there were there were clearer cut chances in the second half. Probably the one that fell to Tommy Asu is, is the one that um, springs to mind from the corner. Uh, he shoots that anywhere uh, other than where he chose to to blast it, and that's probably a goal. But unfortunately, he shot it right at the keeper. Um, uh, I mean, Smith Rowe had a, a, an effort towards the end that um, the keeper parried again straight at him. That we just need a bit more of a clinical edge, I guess. But um, yeah, we didn't see the normal, the normal direct Nelson. But to be honest, I think that's credit to the to the Lons fullbacks. They they double teamed him like like Saka gets double team sometimes and he had nowhere to go um they defended very well with that low block especially when they went um 2-1 ahead 
Um, it's all to play for. Then they've got three points on the line. So, mm. you know, fair play to them. They they deserved the win today. They took their chances very well when they when it fell to them, and they didn't get many chances. David Rea didn't have hardly anything to do all game. Our defenders didn't have hardly anything to do all game. But when when it mattered most and they needed to be switched on, they turned into proper schoolboys because that, that that defending for their for the Eli Wahi. Um, winner was was really poor uh, they just kept tracking back and, and running and it, it, all he had to do was just stand still and the space was created just from standing still and all he had to do was slot it in the corner and yeah that, that's about as rookie and schoolboy as it gets really isn't it yeah you would have thought that at least one person would have shouted up and said someone mark the man that's just stood still and and uh, someone go to him because you can't have everybody like sheep just falling into the falling into the 6 yard box and and hoping the ball goes into that area because ultimately these are top quality players and there's going to be someone that that makes that late run and unfortunately we we got punished for it and it's 2-1 then mm-hmm. and at that point we're we're just clawing or trying to fight to to win a win a point from this match which unfortunately never materialized um but yeah i think like you say it's it's just a sloppy day at the office really isn't it it's the the fact mm. that we didn't really cause them too many problems we had a couple of opportunities one that we took but it was just errors and sloppy defending which really really put us to the sword and that's why we we came out of this game with nothing and we we've left Lons with zero points because of our sloppy errors and and our naive naiveness but I, I do think like you said I, I do think we still are in quite a strong position in the in the table to to put a silver lining on it and like you said there was a 95th minute equalizer in the in the opposite game of of this group so that does favor us quite greatly as well so yes I do think we. this is a little bit of a speed bump, but we've got past it, we've got over it, and hopefully there's not too many repercussions in terms of injuries and, and fitness and fatigue going into the game on Sunday because, for me, that has got to be the priority. And, you know, I love the Champions League, but for me, the Premier League this season, especially after last season, I really want to make a good go of it. Um, but you know, as long as we qualify for the Champions League group, then then I'm happy. But we really need to be finally putting the uh, the skeleton to bed, skeleton back in the closet when we go against Man City at the weekend, don't we? Yeah, it, it does feel like an opportunity to be able to do that. Um, what's concerning me at the minute is I'm, I'm reading a few quotes from um, Arteta's post-match interviews uh, after this game. This is a, an instant post-match reaction, by the way. Um, so um, a lot of the information isn't out there yet, but I'm seeing some early quotes from Arteta saying that the Saka injury does not look good uh, in his words. And that just makes my heart hurt a little bit. Uh, just the thought of, of, of losing Saka for a prolonged, prolonged period of time is oh, hard to think about. And especially the fact that he's going to miss potentially this... Um, this key Man City game, all for what I said at the start of the podcast, what feels like a, a an obvious game to have wristed him. Um, apparently, it was uh, a moment in the game when he tried to back heel the ball. Um, I can't really particularly remember this, but that that's um, 
what's coming out after the game um, and he's potentially jarred something in, in his knee um, which you know never sounds great uh, on paper so you know the, the, it's it's gone from losing to also losing our best player for one of the biggest fixtures in the Premier League it, it, it really it's really not a great day is it when you put it like that it it couldn't have gone any worse, really, could it? That's probably like the worst case scenario from whatever could have happened tonight. And for us to to lose the match and to lose key players was absolutely not not ideal. And that's the thing before before the game, you had the choice. It was, you know, do you play all your good players, get the three points in the bag, but then end up risking some of your players, and and then you you kind of take that, don't you? You take the rough with the smooth with that, but. You know the the other flip side was that is do you, do you play all your rotation players risk not winning but then you're saving players and you're resting them and keeping them fresh for the weekend but for us to go in play all of our decent players have injuries have fitness issues and still lose it's just a bit embarrassing really and um, just so unfortunate for us to get a, a, a potentially you know, sidelining issue for Saka for an extended period of time. And, and fingers crossed, if it's not too major, then he, he'll be able to rest up over the international break and he won't have to go out with England and potentially play even more minutes. But yeah, it's 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 just really, really bad timing, isn't it? It is. Um, they are saying that it is muscular, which is good news. Um, and there's also the the consideration of we know Arteta lies um, so this could all be part of his master plan and, and Bukayo Saka is just fully fit and raring to get up for the weekend um, we won't know until um, Sunday of course but um, yeah it, it seems like a, a potentially doubtful appearance uh, for Saka and, and then that makes you think who's going to be playing in his um, absence does that mean that we we shift Jesus out there and start Eddie and Ketia up top, um, probably most likely. Um, it's just annoying because we, we never seem to go into this fixture against City with a fully fit team. There's always something hampering us. We never can give it our full 100% because of something. And, and, and that is also a, another frustrating one, especially when we're at home. This is the game that we we can win. Um, and... Um, Without Saka, I think that that's significantly decreases our chances. Yeah, well, he's our best player, isn't he? Bukayo Saka, he's had the best goal output over the last couple of seasons and he, he just creates so many opportunities and causes chaos on that right-hand side. So for us to lose a player as influential as, influential as he is, it's, it's massive. It is huge. And you, you saw the drop-off from him to Fabio Vieira when he came on today. This, it just doesn't feel like there's any threat coming from him. Like, yes, he's quite good on the ball technically and he can recycle and have create some decent passes and movement, but he just doesn't... He doesn't have that fear factor that Saka has. When he gets on the ball, you can see that there's two two defenders already lining up, worried about what he's about to do because, you know, he could go on the inside or go on the outside or deliver a great cross in or put in a shot or that he can do everything. And you, we don't have a replacement for that. And it is a massive loss for us to not have him if he's not in the team against Man City. Um, 
But equaling it up, Man City have also had their injury woes as well. The likes of Kevin De Bruyne is not in the team, and we, you know, the the Rodri is also sidelined. I don't think he's able to play still. Um, and they, these are key players which have really done us some damage over the last couple of head-to-heads that we've had with Man City. So. You know, hopefully we've got enough in our starting eleven. And you know, you never know. Like you say, Mikel Arteta likes to tell a few porkies. He likes to fib every now and then. So he might have the magic sponge on Saka right now and getting him prepped for the weekend. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I've got another good quote for you that's just um, appeared after the game, and this is from Declan Rice, who, in my opinion, was our player of the match. Um, he said, the, "This is re- regarding the result." Um, it's good for us. We lost, but we can learn a lot from tonight. We go again, 10, game, 10 games into the season, another 50 to go. So that just shows the mindset of, of Declan Rice for me. Uh, he's he's clearly not taking it to heart. He's, he's, he's understanding that there's a lot to learn. And it sort of coincides with what we've been saying, that we need to start learning from our mistakes um, and not... We need to take these sort of teams seriously. Um, we need to now go into the remaining Champions League games with full focus. And um, yeah, we, we've got some some lessons to take here. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And um, he always brings all of his, his heart and desire into the game, doesn't he? And like you said earlier, he was always shouting for the ball and waving at players, trying to get them uh, more reinvigorated. But yeah, I think... Um, a player who who wasn't really too impressive tonight, who, who has been one of our star players this season. I, I think I'd have to highlight this was probably Martin Odegaard as well, because we're used to such high standards from him. Um, and before he got subbed off in the second half, I, I just I, I don't really think he created that much, did he? He really wasn't on his game. And when Martin Odegaard isn't making all the players tick like he usually does, there is there is such a change in the Arsenal attack, isn't there? He, he, he is that key that, that unlocks a lot of defences, isn't he? he? He creates so many opportunities that when he's not on song and he's not linking up with Saka on that right-hand side, for example, then we kind of crumble a little bit, don't we? Hmm. We do, um, and I think that is credit to to Lons, to be honest, because not only did they defend very, very well, they they pressed us very, very well, especially in the midfield. They didn't really allow as much space to be able to do what we do, um, and I I would never have thought a team like that could could do that uh, to Arsenal, unless you're like a Man City or a, a Real Madrid or whatever. Um, so it, it, I'm actually really, really impressed with them. Um, and we're going to have to be mindful of that even when they come to the Emirates because we've, we know they've got that in their locker. Um, mm. You know, so, yeah, Odegaard didn't create much today. No one did. Um, other players went missing as well. Trossard um, didn't really see him do it the whole whole heap. He just was very uninfluential on the game. Um, but I, I don't think it's worth digging players out too much. I think it's credit to, to Lonzo with how we performed. Um, but um, yeah, I, I give them a lot of credit. Yeah, a, a few sloppy touches as well from Chossad, which is worth highlighting as well, which is quite uncharacteristic of him. Um, maybe just because of him not being quite up to speed, coming back from an injury, he might 
be a little bit rusty still. So we, we can always just put it down to that. But um, is there anything else that you want to add for from today's game at all, Dave? Or uh, not from our game, but just a little another silver lining for everybody. Manchester United also lost as well, three two. So there, there's a, another tiny little thing to to make you feel not as bad today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we all love a happy ending, don't we? Okay, so unfortunately, we ended up losing this game away from uh, away from home in the Champions League against Lons. But you know, the better team won on the day. They took their opportunities, and we made some sloppy errors. Uh, we're going to be back at the weekend after the massive fixture against Manchester City. So catch us then, guys. Take care. Take care, guys. Bye. You're listening to the Arsenal Rumble.